Thank you for tuning in to Heroes of Hope with Evangelist Hagen Adams. Our desire is to evangelize the sinner, encourage the saint, and exalt the Savior as we hear from men of God who have given their life to share that blessed hope. Thank you so much for tuning into the Heroes of Hope podcast. Welcome back once again, and it is podcast day. And man, I am so excited about this podcast. I've been looking forward to it for a very long time now. As I told y'all last week, we had some special guests for you. And this is my first time to do an interview with multiple people. So this could go really good or this could go really bad. We'll see how it turns out. But man, I am thrilled to do the podcast today with some of my uh, heroes and my dearest friends. And I have brother, brother Steve Johnson and his son, Brother Seth Johnson. Johnson here with us on the podcast today. We are in Conway, Arkansas. Man, been in a camp meeting these last couple of days, had a great time. And so it just worked out well. We could all be together. But we are missing Brother Amos Johnson. That'd be Brother Steve's father and Brother Seth's grandpa. Man, we're missing him today, wishing he could be here. And hopefully one day in the future, we can get all three of them on the podcast. But if you would just introduce yourselves, what you do and where you're from, Brother Steve, would you start for us? All right. My name is Steve Johnson, and uh, I live in East Perm, Missouri. I was born in Creston, Illinois um, in 1966, which if you do the math, I'm 55 years old. Uh, but I was privileged to be born into a Christian home. Uh, my dad pastored the First Baptist Church in Creston, Illinois, when I was born. And God used him in a great way there. And a little bit about my dad. Um, of course, we do miss him. Uh, he's 85 years old and uh, currently in a rehab facility, but he is improving. But when I was born, uh, raised in a good church, um, my dad got saved when he was a young man. And uh, shortly after that, God called him to preach and really worked in his life. And, and so I, I'm thankful for the heritage that I have. Um, a little bit about my testimony, being raised in church around the things of God. It's not an automatic that you're going to get saved at an early age. You're going to live for God. And I'd made a profession of faith as a 10-year-old, but, uh, you know, just, just kind of just went with the flow and everything. But when I was 17, I, you know, after some struggles in my life and, you know, just some some areas of rebellion, I made another profession of faith. and. And kind of turned over that new leaf and made some changes in my life. But I'll be honest with you, I struggled. I had doubts, even though I'd made a lot of changes in my life, a lot of positive changes, and and uh, I still struggled. And it wasn't until I was 32 years old, I believe it is, that I finally truly got it settled in my heart. And that was after I had surrendered to preach and had pastored for two years. And uh, the Lord allowed me to write a little pamphlet of my testimony I was blind, but now I see. And uh, just a series of events of God dealing with my heart and convicting me. I got a little booklet in the mail uh, about spiritual blindness. And it was a preacher that wrote that book. And he had a similar testimony how that he had, you know, been had pastored and preached for many years, but yet could never conquer the doubts. And that book was just uh, the very thing that God used to really you know, convict me and really opened my eyes to show me that I was truly lost. And even though I had made changes in my life, that the Lord had never truly changed my heart. So I'm thankful at that point in my life, uh, God truly, that was in 1999, God truly gave me peace and assurance and it's lasting and I'm thankful for that. And God has allowed me, after my dad pastored in Northern Illinois, 
God brought him back down to Missouri, which is where he's originally from. And he started the Victory Baptist Church in 1979. And uh, from 1979 to 1996, my dad pastored the Victory Baptist Church. And God allowed us to serve with him there for like five years. And I'm thankful for that. And then in 1996, God allowed me to become the pastor of the Victory Baptist Church. So I'm privileged uh, to be the pastor. I'm privileged to be married to a wonderful wife, Angela, four wonderful kids, and Seth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, But God's been good to us, and I'm thankful for that. And just to be part of the ministry, we're part of a great ministry, the Back to Bethel Prison Ministry. And I know you'll hear a little bit more about that. Matter of fact, this camp meeting that we're at this week it is about the Back to Bethel Prison Ministry, and that was started over 19 years ago. So I'm just privileged, you know, to be able to serve the Lord and have kids that are serving the Lord, and all my kids are saved and serving the Lord and uh, doing the will of God. And uh, I'm reminded of that scripture, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So. I am privileged, and I'm thankful for it. Praise the Lord. That is such a blessing. And I've I had the privilege of preaching with Brother Steve there in East Prairie, Missouri, the Victory Baptist Church, and just a wonderful church that it is, good group of people. And so obviously that's where Brother Seth grew up, and so that's where he was born relatively close to there, I'm sure. And so growing up there in East Prairie, we're going to hear from him in just a second. But just on the thought of, uh, Brother Steve, as you said, you had I made many professions of faith, and then also... Um, you know, even pastoring and being a youth pastor and being a pastor there at, at the Victory Baptist Church before you uh, finally got it. So do you, this, this may be a random question. There may not even be a good answer for this, but do you think that may be something uh, that a lot of people struggle with is making a profession of faith um, and then, you, you know, trying to justify it by their service? Oh, absolutely. You know, because... The, the book that I mentioned, uh, you know, it was entitled Spiritual Crutches. And the preacher identified several things in his life that he considered crutches that was keeping him propped up, mm. you know. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was, you know, a change life and, you know, just undown the line, you know. Uh, and there's a lot of things in life that we could identify and say, you know, that that's good, but that doesn't equal salvation. I may serve. But the thing is, if you can't conquer your doubts and you you cannot completely say, I know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven, then there's a problem, you know. And and so, and I think a lot of people, like I said, they rely on what they've done, their service, maybe how, you know, where they were raised, their family and you know, things of that nature. But if there's never truly been a born again experience, you know, then, then you know, you've got to address that, you know, and. And it's a pride issue, you know, I mean, for me, it was a struggle, you know, uh, if I do this, you know, what's my church going to say, you know, where am I going to go from here? But, you know, God had a plan in place. And uh, so, but I think uh, more people struggle with that than we realize. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right. And you may be listening today and you may say, well, I'm a, maybe, maybe you are a preacher. Maybe you're listening to this and you say, man, I've, I've been struggling with it, but I'm afraid of my church will say what my, my family will say. And maybe you're a teenager and you said, well, I, I go te- on teen soul winning and I show up for teen Sunday school and I do this and I do that. And, uh, but that's, that's not salvation. That's not salvation by any means. So if you're, let me just put this plug in. If you are struggling with your salvation, man, and you, you just make, you've made professions with faith in the, in the past, but you're still just struggling with it. I would encourage you to find somebody to talk to. Find somebody to talk to me, your pastor, your parents, uh, a mentor in your life. If, if you want to talk to me, I'll be glad to, 
I'd be glad to help you in any way that I possibly could. And uh, by my phone number, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you need to do, my phone number is 479-903-0531. Or if you'd like to talk to Brother Johnson, our Brother Johnson has a personal experience in this. As you just heard his testimony. Maybe you'd like to speak to him on this topic. I'm sure he'd be glad to talk to you as well. Yeah, another thing too is, you know, normally when you're struggling with that, you don't want to tell nobody. You know, I was always told, well, it's the devil. You know, don't ever give in, don't give in to those doubts. You know, it's the devil and therefore don't even, but if it's God that's producing this, you know, you, you want to talk to somebody and realize that, you know, I do need to get help and need to discuss this. And anyone that's listening, if you'd like to have a copy of my testimony, you know, uh, they can direct that to you and I'll make sure they get a copy of it and, and they can read it for themselves. Absolutely. If you'd like to get in contact with Steve, we get that copy of his testimony. Uh, obviously, he'd be glad to send it to you or I can send it to you either way. And that'd just be a blessing. And so then also we have his son, Brother Seth Johnson. And so, Brother Seth, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and even growing up there in a pastor's home uh, with your dad being a pastor and then what you're doing now? Well, sure. My name is Seth Johnson. Um, I live in Conway, Arkansas now. Um, as it's been already mentioned, I'm from East Prairie, Missouri a little town in southeast Missouri, there's not much in East Prairie. Um, finally, when I was a teenager, they got a subway. Now, that was a big deal for our town to get a subway. Um, but a town of less than 3,000 people, you know, a, a county ate up by drugs and stuff. And and so in that town, they needed the gospel and uh, raised in that, in that little community. And Victory Baptist Church is known by everybody. Um, back in the day, people would say, well, I rode the old blue bus to church. And you see people in town all the time. Maybe they're older now or their lives are messed up. They'll talk to my dad, Brother Steve, remember, I used to ride the bus to church. And so the church has a good testimony in that town. And so I was actually born in Sykeston because East Prairie is too small for a hospital. And so I was born in Sykeston and born into a Christian home. And uh, I, I never doubted God, never doubted the word of God. It was brought to me from the time I was a little baby. I had no choice. I was going to church. There were times all you preacher's kids are going to listen to this. You know it right. There's times you didn't want to go to church, but you went to church because you had to go to church. <laughs> but I, truly, uh, the older I got, the more love I had for church. And uh, as my dad's testimony, I made a profession of faith when I was nine years old. And and my brother had made a profession that week. And, I, you know, kind of in my mind was, I, I want to get saved just like my brother got saved, you know. And so I went to my dad and, and in his office, and said, I just want to get saved. And, you know, there was really no conviction there. Um, and so I went on for a while. And it was actually May of 2010. The Lord dealt with me about being a preacher. And I surrendered my life to preach, began to preach in 2010 and would preach in youth services. And that's when the Lord would open the doors as a 13 year old at that time. And, um, you know, would preach and I would lay in bed at night and wonder, you know, the, the God had just preached about, about heaven. Am I going there? <laughs> you know, first John five thirteen talks about how you can know that you're saved and we ought to have that assurance. And I just didn't, I'd play it off for a while and it would eat me alive. And finally in March of 2012, um, I just got to where I couldn't hardly eat or sleep. I was 15 at the time now, been preaching and, you know, over almost two years and, 
in my mind, it's like I'm doing all this, as we talked about already, doing, 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 um, but there's something missing. Um, I'm all for doing things. You ought to be a doer. You ought to be a worker, but there's something missing on the inside. You'll never be fulfilled and be happy. And so finally, March 14th of 2012, it was on a Wednesday night. My dad was out preaching in Kentucky. Our associate pastor was preaching at the church at the time. And he preached. I couldn't tell you what he preached on that night. The Lord was dealing with my heart. I knew I needed to be saved. And I just put it off. I said, I just, I'll just put it off. I just I can't do it. Well, my dad got home that night from the meeting. And it was about 1030. And I was laying in bed and just feeling like if I was to die that second, I was going to burn in hell. And I got to the point where I said, doesn't matter. Anybody's going to think about me or say about me. I was the preacher boy in our church. And I'm like, I don't care what anybody has to say. I've got to get saved. And so March 14th, 2012, I knelt down by my bed at 303 Cranford Street, East Prairie, Missouri. And I asked Jesus Christ to save me. And that night he saved me. And uh, far from perfect, as my dad could probably testify to that. But ever since then, there's been that peace knowing that I'm saved. And so uh, it was a joy the rest of my teenage years to have that assurance and and still kept preaching and Lord opened doors, went to Bible college, uh, Blessed Oak Baptist College in Benton, Arkansas. And and uh, the Lord really shaped me and formed me under the leadership of Dr. King Graham and Dr. Bob Presswood. And these men uh, poured into my life. And I'm so thankful for that. And I got married in August of 2018 to my beautiful wife, Allie. And in August, uh, excuse me, October of 2020, we welcomed our uh, son Luke into the world. And the Lord's been so good to us. I uh, am an evangelist now working with Back to Bethel Prison Ministry. And and it's just such a joy to be a third generation preacher and to carry the torch. One thing I'm thankful about is my dad never had an expectation for me to be a preacher. I remember my dad would always say, whatever God calls you to do, that's what I want you to do. And um, and so I'm thankful for that. I knew God called me to preach, but I'm thankful I wasn't pushed or prodded that you have to do this because we did this. No, no, no. We wanted what God wanted. And I'm thankful for that to be raised in that type of home. And back to Bethel Prison Ministry is is really doing well now. I, my grandpa labored for 20 years in the ministry, and I'm so grateful for that. And we have revivals and weekly services and the Lord's been so good, and we've seen many men saved and men's lives changed all for the glory of God. It's not by me, not by my dad, my grandpa, but by the goodness of God. He's been faithful to us, and what a joy to serve him, Brother Hagan. Absolutely. Yes, that is, that's wonderful, and there's nothing like knowing for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die. No, there's no greater joy, no greater peace you can have in your heart. And then no one for sure going to heaven. You can worry about a lot of things. Worry about your health, worry about your finances, but when you know for sure you're going to heaven, uh, makes all those other things uh, not a lot less important to you when you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. No doubt about it. And love Brother Seth, good friend of mine, and certainly appreciate him. And he is in evangelism. So if you are a pastor listening, I would put a good plug in for him. Uh, no question. Good preacher, good man of God. And uh, he lives what he preaches. No doubt about that. And so if you I could use him in any way, I would highly recommend him. And if you would need another recommendation, you can call Pastor Ken Graham. I'm sure we will get one from him if mine won't do the trick for you. And uh, we call Brother Graham, and he'll give you a good recognition for Brother Seth, and he'll be a help and a blessing to your church. And so, but as he mentioned, I'm glad to have Brother Steve and Brother Seth, but we are missing uh, one piece of the puzzle. We're missing Brother Amos Johnson, and he wasn't able to be here with us today. 
And so, but many years ago, he had a burden uh, for the Back to Bethel prison ministry. That's what he named. He had a burden for the people and for the men and ladies uh, in prison. Brother, Brother Steve knows much more about it than I do. So, Brother Steve, could you just give us some details about how it got started and how Brother Amos developed a burden uh, for the men and ladies that are in prison? Yes. Well, in 1996, when my dad resigned as pastor of the Victor Baptist Church, he took another pastorate for about two years, Old Bethel Baptist Church in Sykeston. That was his home church growing up as a boy. And so the Lord allowed him to do that. But the, the real burden that was upon my dad's heart was to start a prison ministry. We had done some prison ministry and county jail ministry with Rock of Ages and different ones. and But God had really burdened my dad to, to start a prison ministry. So after two years of pastoring Old Bethel, my dad surrendered to go full-time into prison ministry. And what was the unique situation about it? Um, we didn't have a prison close. But when my dad surrendered to start the Back to Bethel prison ministry shortly thereafter, they built a maximum security prison 10 minutes from my church. And that, that's a God thing, okay? And and so once that prison came, we started going in as volunteers. And for about three years, uh, I went in and I assisted my dad and uh, with revivals and, and Bible conferences and uh, Bible studies. And God's been so good to us uh, to see men say, and uh, so God lifted up my dad, called him into that ministry. We've got others, several other preachers that assist us with that ministry. And God has since raised up Seth. He's now a volunteer to, to kind of help in that ministry. So that's kind of how we all got started into that. And then I became the chaplain at that prison 15 years ago. So the, the ministry is strong. Uh, like I said, my dad's 85 now. And Miss Doris, his wife, she, she's been such a blessing. She's also a volunteer, and uh, God's allowed them to do that for 19 years. And obviously, my dad's health has declined and uh, not able to do as much as he used to, but we're praying that God would just restore his health and well, just keep him around a little bit longer. But the Back to Bethel prison ministry is strong, and uh, the future's bright, and we're we're looking forward to what God's going to do. But it's a God-ordained ministry, no doubt about it, brother. Absolutely, man. That's that a wonderful story, uh, even how the prison wasn't even there uh, when Brother Amos surrendered to go and to uh, to be in the prison ministry and to, to do that full-time. Interesting that there wasn't even a prison there, but sometimes if we'll just take a step of faith, God will part the waters for us, just like he did for the children of Israel, but we yes. had to be willing to, to take that uh, first step. I think about the message that Brother Don Green preached, the harder the holier, or the holier the harder, rather. Yes. And, um, and the closer uh, they were to the ark of God, the more work they they had to uh, encounter. They didn't get to, to ride on um, whatever it was. They had to ride camels. They didn't get to, to ride mm-hmm. on anything. They had to carry. They had to walk. And so and with all that weight on them of the ark of God. And so what a message that was that Brother Don Green preached. And so but if we'll just take that step of faith, and I believe God will part the waters for us and do great things. So just like he did for Brother Amos and his decision to start a prison ministry when there was no prison. And yes. that's a that's a blessing. That's amazing. And another thought I had is, as Brother Steve was talking, we don't have any idea, you know, the outcome of the decisions we're going to make. Yeah. I wonder if Brother Amos had said, you know what, God, I don't know if I can do that. Brother Steve wouldn't have the opportunity now to be the chaplain in the prison. Mm-hmm. I wonder how I wonder, you know, the, how that could have affected 
uh, even the men today that are in the prison that have been, um, beyond, I mean, affected in a tremendous way by Brother Steve's ministry. I just, it, when we're faithful and obedient to God, even when it doesn't make sense, it opens, it could potentially open doors for somebody else in our life. And so we just got to be faithful to be obedient to God and trust him and, uh, and he'll do the work. That's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And so if I understand correctly, Brother Seth, you have a, a large part in the Back to Bethel prison ministry now as Brother Amos is stepping down uh, slowly. December the 1st of 2019, um, I was youth pastoring at Bible Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. And we were really enjoying doing that and loved uh, the pastor there and what God was doing. But the Lord had been working on my heart for some time about helping my grandpa. As been mentioned, he's uh, older up in years and and just not able to go as he used to be able to go. And God really began to work on my heart to to help take that mantle and carry it on. And so we started that in 2019, December 2019. Then obviously March came of 2020. We all know what happened then. So the prison ministry kind of got shut down. Uh, but w- thankfully we're back up and going now and, and just have a vision and a burden to to expand the ministry, to get into more prisons. And then not only just prison, but also uh, in churches all across America, teenagers, because I, I've said this before, if I can preach to them when they're teenagers and get them on fire for God, maybe we won't have to preach to them in prison then. Mm-hmm. God can save them at a young age, and maybe they won't have to make those choices. And so we're trying to reach all levels, from from children at vacation Bible school to teenagers at youth conference and youth rallies and camps to church revivals and then in prison. So we're doing all aspects of trying to expand, if you will, back to Bethel's reach. And our heart, obviously, our main focus is the prison, but Lord's opening doors outside. And that's a blessing just to carry it on. We're thankful we have several men who work with us, preachers who volunteer their time to help back to Bethel. We've got several uh, men who and, and their families who sacrifice uh, to come in. You don't get love offerings for preaching in the prison. And some men drive an hour plus to drive to Charleston, Missouri, to preach in that prison. And we're thankful for that. These men that are with us and help us because we could not do it without the help, without everybody around us. And we're thankful for that. And back to Bethel is obviously looking for support, trying to add more support, because the more support that comes in, the more we're able to do, the more people we're able to reach with the gospel. Absolutely. That's what I was just fixing to say is it is a monthly supported uh, ministry. And so it needs a monthly support. And the more, the more, more money that you're willing to give, the more uh, that people can um, be helped. And so if somebody was listening and they wanted to give, if they wanted to give to the Back to Bethel Prison Ministry, how would they go about doing that? You can um, do it monthly by mailing checks to 925 Auto Road, Conway, Arkansas, 72032. You can uh, give through PayPal and and all these different types of avenues of giving, if that's what is a desire. And we're not out here, you know, begging for money. Um, Lord's taking such good care of Back to Bethel. But we know that the more that does come in, the more that we're able to do and not as much of a burden maybe on others. And that's kind of how you, you can give if, if that's what the Lord leads you all to do. Absolutely. And that would be a blessing to them. Obviously, they're not asking for money. That's not why they're on here uh, by any means. But I just wanted to make available to you that they 
they could use your money. There's no doubt about that. And so if you'd like to do monthly support of $5, $10, $100, $1,000, whatever you can do, $10, it would be a tremendous blessing. Uh, I mean, hey, however, however the Lord leads, whatever you can do would be a tremendous blessing to them. If you'd like to do a one-time gift, that would also be a blessing. And so maybe the Lord would just speak to your heart and say, hey, give them 50 bucks. Then I would encourage you to do so. Be obedient to the Lord and it will be a blessing. I have had the privilege to preach in the in the prison here in the 1st of August with Brother Seth. And man, what a tremendous, tremendous couple of days we had. And I loved every minute of it. I I, I was obviously going in. I was nervous. Never been uh, in, in anything like that. But let me tell you, we had a tremendous time. Liberty to preach. and I mean, tremendous singing. And those men, I've said it before and I'll say it again, those men know how to have church. And so I, until you experience it for yourself, you'll never understand what we're trying to describe to you. But it is an amazing thing to see those men as they gather in that room, pack it out full and just sing praise together. They got nowhere to be. They got, I mean, they're just there. They're there to praise the Lord. They're there to worship the Lord and receive something from him. And it is a tremendous, tremendous thing. And so your, your, your financial help would be a tremendous blessing to them. And I would certainly encourage you to pray for them. No doubt about that. Pray for them. Spend some time in prayer for the Back to Bethel prison and ministry. So Steve, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, just, you know, one of the things that God's taught us through the prison ministry, don't ever give up on people. Uh, you'd be surprised. I've got preachers in prison and uh, that God's allowed us to see restored that are serving God faithfully. And so when you know someone's in struggle, what someone has struggled or they've messed up, don't give up on them. You know, we know the power of God can transform lives, but we appreciate your prayers. We encourage everyone to pray for Brother Amos Johnson. God to lift them up. God to just strengthen them. And we appreciate all the prayers of God's people. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And that, that is important truth. Never give up on people. The Lord Jesus Christ hasn't given up on us yet. And uh, we probably deserve to be given up on a few times by, yes. by no means. I mean, we uh, wicked at the core. Yes. And the Bible says our heart is wicked and uh, what is uh, de- deceitfully the wicked. There we go. Deceitfully wicked. There we go. I'll get it out in a minute. And so we we certainly don't deserve second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth chances, but he's so graciously given to us. And so I was reading uh, in the book of uh, Timothy, I think the other day, and it said something about being gentle. And I, Lord, just smoked my heart because I, I'm, I, I have a tendency to not be gentle. I have a tendency to... Uh, uh, not be gentle and, uh, the, but the man, how gentle the Lord is with me. Amen. So compassionate and so caring. And then I'd turn around and snap people and Lord has said, that's, that's not the way it ought to be. And yes. so this being gentle with others. And so obviously, but the, but the aim is not being able to be here. We certainly miss him. Hopefully one day in the future, we can do a podcast with all three of them. But for a few minutes, we have a few minutes left. I want to talk about the importance of a godly heritage, the importance of a godly heritage. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start us out. And then, Brother Seth, you want to go after that? And then, Brother Steve, you can uh, give the final thoughts. Just the importance of a godly heritage. You don't find very often, or at least I haven't, a a family such as this, the Johnson family, where you have a grandpa, and then Brother Steve, the son, and then his son, Brother Seth. uh, They're all three called to preach, all three called to the ministry, and all three living at the same time. From from what I've heard all my life is that third generation, uh, I don't know if Brother Brother Amos' dad was saved or not, his family, I'm not sure about that, but... Uh, it may be even longer than that, but normally uh, the third generation I've always heard is the one that goes astray. So that'd be Brother Seth. No pressure there, Brother Seth. And uh, but I've always heard that's the one who who uh, who just walks away from all of it. He's not interested in it because it's just become the norm and doesn't mean as much to them anymore. But that's certainly not the case in this family. And so I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for my godly heritage that I had a mom and dad 
uh, that, that loved the Lord and that loved me. And so they made sure that I was in the house of God and that I was in the word of God. And we had a rule in the Bible, no breakfast. And so I, I didn't, I didn't eat spiritually. I didn't eat physically. And so if I didn't have Bible by lunch, there was no Bible in the lunch. And so I could, if I chose to, if I was stubborn enough, I could go days without eating. And so, uh, that was my choice, but I had my, my mom and dad made a, made it a, a requirement that we spend time in the word of God. We spend time in the house of God. And so I'm just so thankful for that, that, that we, the way I have a godly heritage as well. And that I have my desires to raise my children in the same way. And so one day they can look back and say, I had a, I had a dad and a mom that loved the Lord. I had a grandma and grandpa that loved the Lord and so on and so forth. And so it is so important. Uh, a godly heritage is so important. But you may be listening and you say, I don't have a godly heritage. I don't have one. My, I'm the first generation Christian. My mom and dad are lost. They're not, on, they're not on, on the way to heaven. I'm a first generation Christian. Well, let me encourage you to do this. Start a godly heritage. Yes. Start a godly heritage. It can start with you. It can begin yeah. with you. It's so very important that we we invest in the next generation as far as the things of the Lord Jesus Christ go. He's done so much for us, and we owe it to him to give our lives and train our children and grandchildren and invest in people only. A godly heritage is a very, very important thing. Brother Seth, uh, go ahead. And any thoughts or comments? Um, definitely. The godly heritage is so important. And actually, the Johnson family goes even beyond my grandpa. His dad was a deacon in a Baptist church, and then his dad was a godly man. And so at least five generations of Johnsons, we kind of got all that deacons, you know, <laughs> those old Baptist deacons, you know how the, the story is about them. But no, he was a, a godly good man. man, good man. And then my grandpa saved, called to preach, surrender. He's been preaching 62 years. Wow. Um, and, then, and then on my mom's side also, on the Armstrong side, her dad is, is a preacher. And uh, and how the Lord just kind of trickled all that down, and uh, just a blessing on the Armstrong side of the family. My mom's side, they're saved, serving the Lord, pastoring. He pastored church, and Lord's a blessing there. But the godly heritage, I'm so thankful that I had somebody to look to. Uh, I could see it in their life. There's there's a difference in somebody saying they're a Christian, right. and then living the Christian. Mm-hmm. I saw my dad in the pulpit preach under the anointing of God. But what he preached on Sunday night, he lived on Monday morning. Mm. And that to me, I said it so many times growing up. One thing I loved about my parents is they were real. You hear other horror stories of ministry families who, you know, they say one thing, uh, you know, on Wednesday night and then another thing on Thursday. And I'm thankful for that, that I had that to look to. And now my heart burdens so much now that I have a child and, and Lord willing, future children is to raise them, train them as my dad has, because uh, the Bible still works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, raising your family in the house of God still works does not mean that a son or a daughter will not go to the far country. Things happen, but they'll never forget the training that they had at home. And I'm thankful for that, that I had that training. And now the heart's desire is for the future generations to have that goodly heritage in a day of apostasy and wickedness. We need to pass on what's been given to us to that next generation. If we don't, who will? Absolutely. If you don't, who will? If not now, when? Mm. It's time now that we reach the next. Someone reached you. Now you can reach somebody else and have that heritage go on um, for the Lord. And that's so key. Well, you know, the the thing about a, 
a godly heritage is this. There's no heritage that's perfect. You know, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be faults. As parents, we know that. The key is this, to just pick the pieces back up when, when there's failure and different things and just go on. One of the things that we always strive to do is always present Christianity in a very positive way to our kids. You know, there's a lot of struggles that we would have at church and stuff that our kids would never know about. <laughs> I, I always wanted them to understand that serving God was the greatest thing that we could do, you know, and through the years of raising our kids, God was always a priority. The things of God was always a priority. And there might have been things lacking as far as material things, but our kids knew that, you know what, God's number one. And uh, and I'm thankful for that. And, you know, we're looking ahead. Uh, our oldest grandson, Colby, is seven. And I guess the next prayer should be to keep Dad around a little bit longer. And then if God calls Colby, I'm not saying that he will, but I could see God doing that. That would be a fourth generation. Wow. And uh, let me share this and I'll be done. But back in February, uh, our grandson Colby was sick that day. So his mama kept him home and they live in Kentucky. So they decided to watch our Facebook live service from our church service. And little did I know, I didn't have a clue they had watched it that morning, but we got a call that afternoon, and Sarah said that Colby watched that service intently. And when he got done, he wrote God a letter, and he said, God, I know you love me, but I'm lost. Mm. And wow. when his dad got home from church that, that day, uh, he led him to the Lord. And we got a call that afternoon that our grandson got saved watching our Facebook live service. So that was really, really special. And so, you know, the, a goodly heritage is, it's the best thing, you know, because what God produces down here, all right, is going to have heavenly, you know, ramifications. Yeah. And so, you know, the old song says, I wonder if the family circle will be together by and by. Mm -hmm. And if you do it right, it will be. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And then you said, Colby, I think you said he was seven. Is that yes, right? Yes. Wow. What what a statement for a seven year old. I know God loves him, but I but I know I'm lost. Wow. What a statement that is. Amen. And uh, wow, that is tremendous. Well, well, I think we're about to wrap it up here. Brother Seth, any final comments before we before we sign off? Well, what a privilege it is just to serve the Lord. If you're listening out there and you're contemplating changing or giving up, don't give up. Everybody goes through the valleys and the struggles of life, but your children need you. Your grandchildren need you had uh, my dad, which they call him Pawpaw, the grandkids. If Pawpaw Paw had given up on God, Kobe would not have watched that live stream. Pawpaw would not have preached. But my dad's had that goodly heritage and said, I'm going to finish right. And then now he gets to see the fruit of staying right with the Lord. Let's keep on keeping on. Jesus is coming back very soon. Let's do something great for Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. But Steve, anything? Yeah, just uh, like I said, I, I'm thankful for you two, uh, Seth and Hagen. You guys are young men. I am 55 now, so I feel like I'm a little bit older, but I'm glad that God is raising up another generation. That encourages me, and so I'm thankful for you guys. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a, what a privilege it is to get to serve Him. He's such a good God. And uh, thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. Hope this was a blessing to you. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. And uh, y'all have a have a great week. Lord bless you. We'll see you next time.